Hey everybody, it's We Got The Beats, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, and my sister's sitting out this episode. I got Rob back, who, well, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been like three months. Oh, yeah, 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 most definitely. It's well, definitely been a while. What was the last one we did? Space Camp, I think? Uh, um, no, uh, that was the first one I did. I think uh was the Karate Kid movie. Right, right. We talked about this one. We missed it for its uh, 35th anniversary, which was supposed to be last year, but I just got so busy during the season because I work retail and I uh, just didn't have the energy for it, honestly. Um, so we're a little late on this one, but this episode is the 35th anniversary of my science project and just one of the guys. So uh, just pretend like you heard this three months ago and it's a rerun because <laughs> 36 little kids about 36 years. <laughs> <laughs> all right so and we, we racked our heads for a long time trying to come up with a double feature to go with just one of the guys could never find the right thing and mm-hmm. then we just looked upon the years that's right. it that's the only connection is released around the same time um my science project is the one uh of the major three sci-fi comedies that came out in august of 85 and it's kind of the one that got forgotten and it didn't do very well at first uh, unfortunately yeah as, that's just one of my biggest bummers that this one didn't get a lot more attention to this day. Like I'm just like, oh, you know, so crushed that uh, like I know like it's gotten released like every so often. There was the DVD which I, I tried to rewatch the I, I have the DVD of it and uh, I remember I put it on to rewatch it. You know because I watch this movie every like year or two. Like once every year or two, and uh, the DVD was quality was terrible. Yeah, was that terrible. Anchor Bay? I'm thinking it was. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and it's just like you watch it now on your, your HD TV, and it's just like this is awful to look at. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, take it off, take it off. Disney is notorious for taking certain movies that weren't successful for them and just burying them. Or licensing them yeah. out. I mean, there's a huge catalog of stuff that's bounced around from Anchor Bay to Mill Creek, and now it's with Kino. And Kino did a really good job of cleaning it up and putting new special features on it. Um, mm-hmm. There was a brief Blu-ray from Mill Creek that was complete garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I this. Think, I think I have that one. So the first one that came out was my uh, was a Weird Science, and that one did okay. Everybody thinks it was a huge hit. It did okay. It made like twenty five million dollars, but it blew up on video. Real Genius yeah. bombed, but once Val Kilmer became a name, it kept building in its reputation. My Science Project, like you, like I said, you know, t- Disney threw away some of their low rent movies or low box office movies, and there's no real stars out of this one. There's cult faves like John Stockwell because of Christine and, so, and whatnot, Fisher Stevens and uh, Raphael Sabarge, but you know, there's nobody to capitalize on later to sell this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Uh, funny too. Um, yeah, you, like I remember watching this and thinking because uh, I mean, we used to have this on Beta. That's, that's how old I am. Ooh, yeah, tiny beta, tapes. If I, anybody wants to know, eating tiny tapes. Better <laughs> yeah. quality though. Better quality. Yeah, yeah, they definitely were. I, I, I miss my Beta so much. And uh, like, yeah, you know, I, I used to think the world of John Stockwell. So like, it was like. Uh, amazing to, to discover that he wasn't like a big star. You know, it was like, you know, how would I know? You know, I'm sitting there watching my science project 100,000 times a right. day. So I'm like, yeah, I thought he was more uh, popular I, I, than that. You look at his catalog, I think yeah. what the first thing is losing it, maybe, where he was the lead, and then it was uh, Christine, 
Then he did the two smaller movies that I, it's hard to find. I cannot find Radioactive Dreams anywhere anymore. Uh, I don't think it ever hit DVD. Right. Um, and City Limits, which is notorious only for being on Mystery Science Theater 3000. And this is his, I think, last starring role. And I think he did a cameo in the beginning of Top Gun and Dangerously Close. Yeah, I think he, he's kind of in, but he mostly wrote it. Yeah, did, uh, did, he was a cougar in uh, right. Top Gun. Yeah, and he, yeah, he didn't retire. Yeah. I really thought that maybe he went to college and disappeared for a while, but he was just doing smaller stuff. He did some TV uh, support in uh, smaller movies, but he was never a lead again. I mean, then he became like a director doing his own teen movies yeah. in the uh, 2000s. Yeah, he, he has the thing for uh, making movies with teens on water. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> like on, the, on a beach in water, like so many movies with uh, just involving beaches and water and it's like yeah well i think so. part of it's because he's I mean, a surfer and, and i think he's like one of those yeah. two guys well he knows how surfing goes so yeah yeah most definitely what is it cheaters it was his like first uh directorial effort which is an hbo movie jeff daniels then it was blue no crazy beautiful blue crush into the blue <laughs> yeah you're right he does <laughs> yeah 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 so, into the blue i probably i think is probably his right movie, i think uh, the last thing he did was that kickboxer like, movie wasn't it yeah, uh, Kickboxer Vengeance, yeah. Yeah, so he's turned out to be a pretty good director for, like, lower-level movies. I think his biggest thing was Blue Crush. But at, at during the 80s, he was kind of like the uh, go-to straight man for lower-level kind of cult movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, My Science Project, it is not cheap. It is probably just as expensive as the other ones that just, for some reason, got buried. And yeah, I used to love this movie. I, I watched this all the time in college. We, we had rented it from a video store, and me and my roommate would wear shades as late as possible, and we we're just waiting, waiting for someone to say, hey, why are you guys wearing sunglasses at night? Because when you're cool, the sun's always shining. <laughs> Such idiots. <laughs> no, no, no. The line was, because uh, when you're cool, the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. Oh, is that the line? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. so I picked up the new key. I'm assuming you did, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell you that uh, there, there's not a line in this movie I don't know. <laughs> so. uh, you've seen a lot. I, I have to say, um, this time, I haven't seen it probably 20 years. Uh, I don't particularly care for Fisher Stevens' character. I think he's kind of an asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I forgot the last time I watched I, I, I probably watched it last year. Um, you know, just because, uh, you know, so... You know, annual viewing of my science project on, and uh, I was just like, yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of pretty much a douche. Yeah, uh, not to hear they could have done without him. Honestly, I, for some reason, it's like a curse in a lot of these movies. You always have to have the the sidekick that's a douchebag or a goofball. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I, I gotta be honest, he still makes me laugh. Like Latello is just like, um, uh, and he's taking his mugshot, and uh, and he said, "What's the matter? I got bugs." <laughs> and then uh, um, he get he get he gets hemmed up by the, uh, the the female police officer. He goes, "Chill out, Butch. Get a shave." <laughs> you know, and it's just like uh, that's just. I mean, that's that's an inappropriate thing to say. Right. Well, <laughs> it's also the eighties. There's you're gonna get a couple of homophobic remarks because that almost seems to be the cliche in all eighties teen yeah. movies. Um, but I really think John Stock was a lot stronger as lead than people treat him. He's just kind of calm and cool. Yeah, yeah, Stockwell definitely, um, 
what's funny too is that he he almost seems like cousin Christine. He's he's a football player, you know. So you ex- you expect him to be like very like strong jock type, but uh, he doesn't really pull it off. I'm I don't know like what the direction was for him to convey that sort of uh, right emotion in Christine, but like he seems more jockish in my science project than he did in Christine, even though he's not necessarily playing a jock, he's playing like a motorhead, yeah, you know, car guy. So, so he, he definitely has that, like, you know, I'm I'm a strong, tough guy, yeah, you know. But like, you know, cool kind of guy, you know, where he's not just a douchebag. Right, he's really late, he's a Steve McQueen in this one. Yeah, 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 that's perfect, that's a perfect comparison right there, yeah. But I do like the fact that he has flaws, though. He's not confident when it comes to the actual schoolwork. And you can see yeah. that kind of insecurity, and, and he's uncomfortable in that world, and that kind of gives more depth to this guy instead of him being perfect at everything. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, when uh, he offers to build a carburetor as his science project, and uh, Mr. Roberts, played by the late great uh, Dennis Hopper, is just like, dude, you could do that in your sleep. I, you know, I want you to really challenge yourself, and he's just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. well, this, is, myself. this is kind of Dennis Hopper's comeback Wasn't he gone for a handful of years yeah. Because of what like out of the blue He did in 80 or 81 And then he just kind of got lost for a while No one would hire him he was troublesome Yeah yeah it was It was, it was definitely due to the uh, uh, His drug use Big drug abuser alcohol Alcoholic and he decided to put himself In rehab get clean And uh, yeah this is one of his first projects That uh, where you know like his comeback, it was this uh, Blue Velvet, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Oh wow, he really did do so four he, movies in '86. He did Hoosiers and uh, River's Edge. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, those two as well. Yeah, so that's a that's a year and a little, you know, like a quarter worth of like really interesting comeback projects. Yeah, yeah, he was well rounded. Yeah. Uh, you know, Blue Velvet, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, Hoosiers, and River's Edge. Like he was really, he was really just getting it out there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's all darker edge. Whereas he's kind of hopeful and happy in my science project. I really enjoy his performance in this. Oh, I love him in there. Um, when they when uh, they they bring the, uh, the the gizmo to him and uh, they said, "Let's call the police." The pigs, no pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's funny is when you look at it now, we, we know it's just like something you could find at Spencer's, that little glowing orb. Um, yeah, But back yeah. then, it was groundbreaking. It's so funny we see that in a lot of older movies where it's like, oh my god, what is that? It's like, oh. Like when you saw the cars in RoboCop, you had never seen a car like that before. It's like a Ford Tempo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so futuristic because it's curvy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and uh, who is the girl? I feel like she's the one from La Bamba. Am I wrong? Daniel... Like, no, yeah, no, okay. no. You're def- you're definitely correct. She was uh, a bomb. I I always like it's it's funny too because I watched this with my roommate and uh, she she re- always remembers her from La Bamba, like you know like hey that's uh what is she calls her by her character's name in La Bamba too Donna Donna was her name and she's like hey that's Donna but like to me she'll always be Sawyer yeah my science project 
Yeah, it has a lot of good pacing, interesting special effects. I love the sequence where they're trying to outrace the uh, electricity riding yeah. over the wires. And they got to blow it up. That stunt looks <laughs> that stunt looks like it didn't go right because it looks like they nearly blew yeah. his ass off. Yeah, yeah, he, he he looked like he nearly died. But yeah, I love that scene with uh, they're literally racing lightning. I'm trying to remember who directed this because I feel like this guy didn't direct again. Um, he, he, he did. He directed again. Uh, his name is, uh, Jonathan R. Uh, uh, Batool? Batool? Wait, is that the uh, guy I'll, who I'll wrote... Did, is this the dude that wrote, uh, Last Starfighter? That name sounds really familiar. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, uh, he wrote The Last Starfighter, which led to him directing, uh, writing and directing my science project. And, um, uh, unfortunately, like we discussed earlier, uh, my science project bombed. So he didn't really work again for a while, and then um, he directed again. He did uh, Theodore Rex. Oh my God! Then, the Whoopi Goldberg movie. Yeah, and then that's what killed him. Oh, <laughs> that's got to suck. Waiting that long to get another movie, and it's that one. Oh boy. Yeah, that <sighs> and um, hold on. Yep, that is the last thing he directed was Theodore Rex. Then again. I have never directed anything. Fuck it. Uh, if someone offered me Theodore Rex and I hadn't directed anything in a decade and I want to be a director, I'm taking it. <laughs> At the time, Whoopi was big, and it sounded like an interesting concept. The execution just didn't go well. Uh, it totally did not. Um, uh, geez, poor guy. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to go from that to Theodore Rex. Well, it says that he's still working. He was co-founder of Luma Pictures, whatever that is, for Captain America Winter Soldier, so that's cool. Yeah. Haven't they been trying to do a Last Starfighter sequel, though, for a while? So he's probably getting paid for that. Yeah, yeah. uh, That's another one. uh, I haven't revisited that one in a while. I I definitely wanted... I I totally forgot to... Because I was in a store today, too, where they had it, and I totally forgot to pick it up. I ended up picking up a... Deep, I'm sorry for going off on a tangent. But no, you're fine. Picking up uh, Deep Star Six and doing a rewatch of that. Yeah, I picked that up too. I watched Underwater the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta go back and." Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about that too because uh, I um I've been going through like underwater monster movies. I did uh, The Lift the other day. I did Virus, um, and today I did Deep Star Six. Tomorrow I think I was going to do uh, Deep Rising. And, uh, you know, just run the gamut on uh, underwater alien ripoffs. I'm looking at this right here. It looks like he actually is writing Last Starfighter 2 with the two guys who wrote uh, Rogue One. Gary Whitta and I can't, I don't know the other name. Um, So maybe that's a possibility. It's going to happen. The guy guy has interesting ideas, and I I think that he could make another interesting movie. I don't know if they'll ever let him direct again, but at least he could write one. Yeah, it's kind of like a Fred Decker situation. Yeah, it's a really uh, goofball, has, kitchen sink kind yeah. of movie. It has uh, dinosaurs and, and warriors and samurai lasers and machine guns. It's 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 really not... Uh, if you don't like this sequence, wait five minutes, you'll get something else new and weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I think that's why I appreciate it. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a teen comedy, but, like, it, it has, like, really interesting... Uh, just concepts, you know, alien device that warps time and space, so like, like all different errors in time are existing on, you know, our plane all at once. You know, it's, I, I just I thought it was like um, really, really 
awesome thing. Also, um, one of the first movies that has a light beam shooting in the sky, which has become a popular trope. Yeah. Especially in comic book movies, you know, uh, a beam beam of energy shooting into the sky. You know, we gotta stop the beam of energy shooting into the sky, or the world's gonna blow up. It's the only special effect we know how to do. It's like the new thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the morphine in the nineties. Oh, we figured out how to morph things. Let's do this in every movie. Exactly. (laughs) Talking to you, Highlander, the final dimension. I was just thinking about that the other day. Why is it called the final? Dimension? I have no idea. Because the company was called Dimension, they thought it was going to be the last entry. I have no idea. They treat every Highlander like it's the last one because they're dumbasses. Yeah, they should have. They should have treated the first one like it was the last one. The uh, so I, yeah, high kudos to that one, and also another re-release uh, from Paramount, I believe, is uh, just one of the guys on Blu-ray. A movie I got to see at the drive-in with uh, girls just want to have fun. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like a fun time. This holds up better, I think, than Girls Just Want to Have Fun because it's uh, the other one's a lot flimsier, much lower budget. They look like, Paramount actually looks like they spent a decent amount of money on this. And um, I think that Joyce Heiser is a lost star. Where I mean, I looked at her IMDb, I don't know what happened. I don't know if she became a parent or went to school because she didn't act for like another six years. And I remember seeing her on The Flash going, oh my God, where's she been? Yes, yes, I was just thinking about that. And I was like, like I, I knew I saw her in something else. And it's like, and now that you say it's like, yeah, I remember too. Because I did a rewatch of The Flash uh, a couple years ago. And I was like, hey, it's Terry. Yeah. Um, and I think she was in Greedy with Michael J. Fox, which is a fun movie. That's the oh my god! I haven't seen Greedy in God knows how long. Probably since uh, it was released. Maybe. Uh, yeah, look at this right now. Um, some of the credits on just one of the guys is I didn't realize Jeff Franklin, the guy who wrote Summer School, was a co-writer of this. Mm. Sadly, Lisa Gottlieb really didn't do anything. She just did a bunch of television. She did a couple movies for Showtime, but that's this. Didn't this movie do well? Let me look real quick. I thought this was kind of a small hit. Uh, Eleven million dollars. I guess that's not that much. But I think it's funny how guys can fail upwards. But if a female has a failure, oh, you're done. Yeah, yeah. And we gave you a shot, honey. You didn't. You didn't do it. You didn't make it. Back to, back to the bus with you. Oh, and, and you've uh, lost uh, $400 million in all these movies, McG, but we're going to keep hiring you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, some of the other cast members, Clayton Rohner, who is a favorite of mine because he was in a TV show that lasted for two years on USA called Good vs. Evil, a.k.a. G vs. E. G vs. E, yeah, I, I remember that one. Show. Um, I th- yeah. He's also a big fan favorite because of some of the horror movies he did. Didn't he do um, April Fool's Day and I Madman and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, so he's kind of a horror yeah, guy it, too. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I definitely remember um, April Fool's Day, especially I Madman. I Madman is a is a really good movie. That was kind of the the um, uh, Tibor uh, Takas, I believe I'm saying his name right. That was his follow up to The Gate. Oh, it was. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, uh, I remember because I was obsessed with the gate, and so I found out this guy like, you know, other than Gate Two, like, you know, like oh, I wanted to see like what else he got. Like, 
he really doesn't have much else that uh, compares to the game. But, no, uh, I do I like, like the Iron one Man he did, uh, Sabotage, with Martin Cascos is good. Yeah, 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 that, that, one, that one's good. That one, that's a good one. We should do that. that, that uh, those count yeah. as teen movies. Let's, let's do the Gates, if we can find them. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. The, the Gate, definitely. Oh, my God, I love the Gate. Um, Billy Jacoby, kind of like his coming out party, but I mostly know him as the cool guy on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which is weird because he's kind of a friggin' pervert dork in this one. Now he he uh, he like let me tell you, um, I have a, a friend named Nico, uh, one of my best friends, and um, any time we see uh, uh, Billy Jacoby and something, hey, it's Buddy. <laughs> he will always be Buddy. He will always like I was I was re, the, rewatching uh, Beastmaster uh, the vinegar. Oh my vinegar god, Brady's in that! Like, yeah, yeah, he plays young Beastmaster, and it's like, hey, it's Buddy as the Beastmaster. <laughs> he will always be Buddy. Like, you know, I respect to him. You know, he's a good actor and stuff, and I, I really like, like you said, like Parker Lewis can't lose, but he will always be Buddy to me. What the fuck? He's a music video director now. He directed a bunch of Buck Cherry videos. I didn't know Buck Cherry was still around. This is from this decade. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do uh, remember Doctor uh, Alien on uh, Up All Night, constantly playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's deleted that too. Uh, we got the legendary William Zabka, who's having a hell of yeah. a comeback. But he was like the go-to villain for a lot of uh, the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, the second uh, chapter of the the William Zapka trilogy, the the, the beautiful trilogy of uh, William Zapka as the blonde jock douchebag asshole in the teen comedies or like teen movies. Yeah, this is basically the the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy. Because <laughs> right, it goes it goes uh, Karate Kid this and then back to school, but he was smart enough. Cool. Look, I know that maybe his career sputtered out because he chose not to do those kind of movies anymore. Like he wanted, yeah. what didn't he go over to Equalizer? You said, yeah, yeah, and um, I, I think that's probably why too, because he was. They would talk about doing a spinoff with him, like you know, I guess like Son of the Equalizer, because when Edward Woodward had gotten like a little too ill, to continue on with the series, so they were going to spin it off and. I think they promised him like yeah we we're gonna do you know spin-off series with you you're gonna be the new equalizer and then shit happens so you guys you know which is a shame yeah i'm looking i think they, was... can pull they can pull it off now but uh they're doing the the reboot with uh latifah queen latifah i love uh, her but you know what zapka if he wasn't in this cobra kai that would be a good thing for him to do because they set it up and he could continue yeah. the, the story instead of rebooting it yeah, yeah, most definitely. But uh, I, I'd rather have him on uh, Cobra Kai. God, yeah, I gotta get around. I bought season one and two, and I gotta watch season two. Um, and I, what they're already starting with part four or season four. I gotta catch up. Yeah, yeah they 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 already uh, started filming the yesterday or the other day, uh, season four. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, I know because uh, they have to move fast because uh, they 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 really held on to that season three, and people were just like, "Where's season?" Where's season three? Yeah. Well, season three of Cobra Kai, and uh, I mean it was worth the wait too. Because, uh, Jesus Christ, that season three was so good. I, I, I gotta get ready to watch it. Yeah, I gotta catch up before someone uh, ruins it for me. Dude, uh, two, uh, two, season three is so good. Two other cast members, real quick, I want to bring up because it became teen legends during the '80s: Sherilyn Fenn and Ari Gross. 
uh, who would go mm-hmm. on to a very controversial movie. I want to ask you, how do you feel about Soul Man? Do you think it's well-intentioned, uh, but it flubbed? Or do you think it's just uh, brain-dead? I, I, I think it was a movie that should not have been attempted. I, I, I thought it was, it was, you know... Uh, it is, there's, a, there's a lot of things that uh, come to mind with Soul Man. And uh, the None. main one is, the fuck were you thinking? Right? What You know what it feels like? Uh, it feels like in the 80s, this... I feel like their hearts were in the right place, but they fucked it up so bad. But I feel like it was just a way of teaching white people a lesson that didn't really work. I don't know how it was such a big hit. But I don't think anybody went into it with ill will. Because you're not going to get James Earl Jones to sign up for this movie if it was ba- uh, yeah. there's bad intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's probably... Yeah, you're probably right. that like, like, yeah, this would be a good lesson, you know. Like, it'll, it'll show people that, you know... That uh, you know all like different facets of like prejudices and like you know how the other side looks and the inside looking out that kind of thing. And but you know you just watch it and it's like, oh my god! Yeah, right? It's so yeah, fun. it's it's one of these movies. I don't think it should be thrown away, like censored, but just take it with a huge fucking heaping grain of salt. That it was a time, and I think they tried to do something that just didn't work. But uh, this is another message movie about you know female equality when it comes to basically everything. But the fact that she goes undercover to see how guys are treated and because you know, she's not getting the job yeah. in the newspaper, I thought that was a really good noble intention. I'm really glad that they had a female director too to handle it with some grace. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. Um, I, yeah, um, uh, I uh, I did do a, uh, a, a quick rewatch of this one. Cause I just wanted to because I hadn't seen this one in like God knows how long you know I have it but uh, it was like yeah maybe I should you know to, to, to pony up for discussion and um, yeah it was like um, uh, I, I do like that idea and shit but uh, what disturbed me all uh, amongst uh, things was uh, of course Buddy is just a fucking pervert yeah good lord <laughs> And his walls. Yeah, How did just... they show this on television? This was on Comedy Central all the time. I remember all the blurs in the background. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, also, um, which initially sets the the premise off was when uh, her article gets rejected, and like she wants to find out why, and she hears like her teachers uh, the, talking about her, and the one he's just like, "Oh, did you see what she was wearing?" I think we just leave her back so I can stare at her for another year, and like, and the teacher goes like, and and uh, uh, the her her uh, main teacher, uh, Father Myers from Phantasm Two, was like, uh, hey, "Be careful, man! You might lose your job." It's like this motherfucker needs to lose his job. He's a fucking pervert. He's looking at teenagers. <laughs> God, oh my God, this guy's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, it's uh, the one thing I don't understand is why it was necessary. Look, I, as a boy, I thought it was great, but as an adult, I'm like, why do you need to show her boobs again? Because you could just show her in a bra. Or wait, or could she not yeah, wear a bra? Yeah. I can't remember now. Whatever. I feel like there was a, a classier yeah. way to do it. Like you literally didn't have to show. It. You could show it from behind as she opens her shirt, and then you see his reaction. That might have been a funnier moment, honestly. Yeah, yeah, the, I, yeah. The, I agree with you there. There was, uh, I don't think there was the. Uh no need to actually show her breast. I mean, as as a as a young male, I appreciated it, but uh, it's like I uh, I don't think we needed to see her boobs. Like, yeah, you you you're absolutely right. Like, you know, the flash from behind 
is a is a much funnier joke. Like you know, like oh, wait, are those what they think? Uh, those what I think they are? You know? Yeah. Like reaction. But it was the and, 80s. and it's funnier. Like yeah, and they probably yeah. have to sell some. We gotta have some nudity in this, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was highly unnecessary. Yeah, what what Porky's did to teen movies for a while was just absurd. I still don't understand how that movie made like a hundred million dollars. It is awful. Have you seen it at all? No, but um, my mom uh, called me like uh, I think it was like twelve at night. So my well, my mom calls me that late. I'm like, oh my god, what's wrong? What's the matter? You okay? Yeah. She she video chatted me, and she she calls me and, and goes she video chats me. And she goes. Hey, I'm like, hey, hey, what's up, Ma? You okay? And she's, yeah, look what they're showing on Showtime. <laughs> and it was like, uh, I didn't know they showed Porky's on Showtime. Like, this is what you call me for, Ma? <laughs> call me at 12 at night to show me they're showing Porky's. Like, yeah, look, oh my God, I love this part. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't give a shit about Porky. But yeah, and they made night. three of them. Oh my God. How is it the guy who directed that next year directs something so nice and sensitive as a Christmas story and then goes back to do Porky's too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bob Clark was a, just a man of just... Like, Every you know, genre. He didn't want to be tied down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta respect him for that. God bless him. Um, I was gonna say, uh, so I would say my science project is probably the better one, but the message behind, uh, just one of the guys is pretty good. But they remade this again, a uh, sort of. It's all from, uh, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, but, uh, She's mm-hmm. the Man is another remake of that. Yeah. Also, don't forget, uh, the 90s, uh, just one of the guys was just like the flip side. Or girls? Uh, with corn. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. I'm. I'm fucking naming this we talked about doing that originally but then i watched it and i was like oh this is brutal i mean it, of course it's towards the end of cory uh hames run as a leading man but yeah, yeah it's clearly tv movie canadian quality yeah yeah most definitely all right so i think we just chose uh if we can find them our next episode we're gonna do the gate and gate two uh time for plugs i mean i'm bald i want some hair oh. plugs, but go ahead <laughs> okay uh, uh no problem about it um, I, that, was that even a sentence I just said? I don't know. I don't. I don't um, form full ideas either. It's fun. <laughs> like I just blurted that shit out. But uh, um, of course, uh, uh, you can find us at the Action Drunkies. Uh, we had our uh, season finale uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I know you questioned about that, but uh, our attention was it was the first season was really supposed to be like a test run. Um, just wanted to see how everything rolls out, and uh, we did um, very well, if, if I may say so myself. You know, considering that it's by two schlubs. Uh, yeah, and, and you're just starting. Having, it. it takes forever to build an audience sometimes. Yeah, but uh, through the grace of God, we um, we did uh, very well in our first season. So uh, we're definitely going to go in much deeper into action films and the action film discussion in season two. Uh, we already have a. Uh, 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 the season two premiere uh, planned up. It's going to be a uh, doozy of a conversation. The conversation already been recorded. And uh, oh my, the, the topics we go into <laughs> about this one is going to be crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun season two. Uh, definitely have you down um, for, for some great conversation. Right. And I should make the announcement yeah. now. Normally, Rob and I do a segment on our normal podcast, the main podcast called Hit Rewind, where we do four action movies from every year coming, you know, eight, 1980 and on, on up. 
and then I just realized we're doubling down on our time here. Uh, where you're doing it here, but you're also doing it over there. So while it's not going to be part of the Hit Rewind Network, every time one of his episodes comes out, I will be sharing it over on our pages, and that's going to be kind of the go-to for your action fix. And yes, uh, hopefully I get to hop on every once in a while for some directed video fun. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I I, I cannot uh, thank you enough for that. Um, you know, for uh, you know holding us over for your audience, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, like, yeah, I would love to have you. You know, just just going by the, all the you know the great discussions we had, I would love to have you over there discussing uh, great works like uh, Jeff Wincott. Um, <laughs> did you, did you no, get the martial uh, law set yet? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, I, it's funny enough that um, we were supposed to record Martial Law 1 and 2. We were going to make that a double episode uh, like uh, a while before we actually did it, like two or three weeks before we did it. And then when we did it is when they made the announcement that uh, they were, Vinegar Syndrome was going to be releasing uh, the, the double set. And by the time the episode came out, I already had the set. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I saw today, because you and I, we have this, we were discussing the theory, the guy who runs, what is it, Brad, Brad what's the guy's name? The Brad Henderson or something Brad like that? Henderson. Uh, yeah, he, Brad Henderson. I was talking to him why he didn't put out a triple feature, because Marshall Outlaw is considered to be the third one. And he says, actually, that's yeah. the fourth one. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, Mission of, Mission of Justice mm-hmm is part of that franchise and I was like holy shit are you fucking telling me that's oh that's your way of saying because I looked they acquired the rights to uh, Pierre David's productions of the 90s and today Mm -hmm. did you see what they announced a couple hours ago Oh yeah, <laughs> Scanner Cop, Scanner Cop. I hope they have Scanner Showdown as well. Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. Um, my my buddy, uh, uh, shout out to my buddy on Matthew Asari. He said, uh, uh, I I I tweeted, I retweeted that announcement with uh, Daniel Bryan going, yes, yes, and he and he replied. I, I feel like you somehow will this to exist. Oh <laughs> well, that's the thing. Because I talk is, about scanner cops constantly. <laughs> we were we're teens of the uh, the nineties, and there was a yep. very well known label for all the cooler, higher level kind of direct to video stuff, and that was always Republic Pictures. But what I didn't know yeah. is most of those movies were not owned by. Uh, I think Aaron Spelling ended up buying the entire catalog. Um, so there's a problem. Half of his stuff is in litigation, I guess, for years, ever since he died, between his daughter and the rest of the family. So those movies are mm-hmm. going to be lost forever. And then the rest of them were either negative pickups, which the rights would revert back to the original producer, like Scanner Cop and, and Marshall Outlaw and stuff like that. Um, I hope Space Marines is one of those that gets licensed out. That's a fun fucking movie. Billy Worth, have you ever seen that one? No, I have not. It's in the vein of Starship Troopers, just on a much lower budget. It's very pulpy, very goofy, and fun special effects. But yeah, Republic Pictures was like, you know, it, it was kind of top-notch direct-to-video stuff. It's used like Vidmark, Republic, and then you drop a little bit for like Apex and uh, um, PM Entertainment, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, also Imperial, uh, New Image, uh, Image, which uh, uh, did a lot of... Um, uh, Jeff Wincott stuff. Yeah, a lot of uh, David Bradley. They were like international. They were yeah. the, the, the new canon to me. New image always seems like canon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying. There's so many of the like lost teen movies in there too. There's one I've been trying to find called Downhill, Downhill Willie with uh, Keith Coogan. Oh, uh, 
I love that movie. I was, matter of fact, I was, I was talking about that movie, like, maybe, I feel like a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, I was asking my roommate uh, if she had ever seen it. She had never even heard of it. And I always remember the scene where they're all farting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so my decides to light the cigarette and the place explodes. <laughs> yeah. I, I rented that in Snowboard Academy one time together because uh, I'm a big fan of Ski School 2. Look, Ski School 1's fine. Ski School 2 is majestic because yeah. there's no script at all. They had to improv almost yeah. the entire movie, and it's amazing. So because of that, I went and rented Downhill Willie and uh, Snowboard Academy. <laughs> We're talking about like a lot of fun double features here. These aren't masterpieces, but they're fun to watch. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, I remember, in fact, I was just saying that about the, I did a rewatch of Virus, and that's exactly my sentiment. And it's not a masterpiece by any chance, but uh, it's fun. I it's wanted fun. my money back when I went and saw it in theaters, but I saw it in video a few years ago, and my I, expectations were a lot lower. And therefore, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with me. I remember I saw it opening weekend, and uh, I think I even fell asleep in the middle of it. Oh, my God. I was so bored. I hated it. I hated it. But, uh, like, during this rewatch, I was like, oh, this is a hell of a lot better than I remember. Well, I think the so, problem is, I, is whenever you hire somebody who is a, a technician to direct a movie, it usually goes wrong. I can't believe yeah. that the budget of Universal Soldier 2, uh, or what was a Universal The Return, that is directed by Mick Rogers, who's a stunt guy. Yeah, it has great stunts. I don't give a shit about anything that's happening in it because they didn't bother to have a real director and a, a real cast. It's garbage, but yeah. it's fun garbage, but it's nowhere nearly as good as two, and it, it seems to happen. John Bruno was a special effects guy. How do we get on this? Oh, my God, we're at 40 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, we should probably wrap this up. We'll continue this conversation afterwards. All right, so my shoot, my pick is my science project. What, what, which Of your two, which are you picking? Uh, uh, definitely, um, gotta go with my science. Uh, Alright, both have brand new releases. I was wrong. Just one of the guys is from Sony, not Paramount. And check us out on Facebook under, uh, a Hit Rewind Podcast. And, uh, thank you very much. Rob, send us out. Uh, have a good night, everybody.